Good morning. Welcome to the Gathering Place podcast. I am Pastor Todd. This week, Pastor Byron is preaching a message to edify the church. I hope you are edified as well. And now, Pastor Byron. Ephesians chapter 2, it's an amazing book. Like I said, it's probably an evangelist joyride. So let's look into it. In chapter 1, in verse Chapter 2, verse 1, as you, as for you, you were dead in your trespasses and sin. See, it's, it's very important to know that if you're born again and you've given your life to Jesus, that, that something happened on the cross that annihilated punishment over your life. You were dead, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world. You know, it's, uh, it's amazing how, how I'm sure even in, in my family circle that, that what are the ways of the world? The world is presenting a way of life that's really contrary to what God's presenting. You know, in the, just in our our family line, there's a we've been preached and preached and preached, really a lifestyle of licentiousness and immorality. So now, even in the body of Christ, in our own family, there are couples living together, not married. I would say that's being influenced by the ways of the world. That's the model. That's the model. And the model is, if you can get away with it, do it. The model is, it's okay to lie. The model is, it's okay to hate people. You know, and we're hearing that in the whole thing with, with, with our culture. And it's all things. But... You know what? Out, when you're outside of Jesus Christ, it's very easily, it's very easy for you and me or anybody else that's outside of Christ to follow the lead of the world. Follow it. You've, it's preached to you, it's given to you, and it convinces you. And I'll tell you right now, it doesn't lead to what we're going to find out later to fulfillment in life. It's a dead-end road. It's give me more, give me this, give me that, and it's never satisfying. It's never fulfilling. But, it, but it, it's a gospel of the world. Once you, once you used to live when you followed the ways of the world. Now, what's, there's a spiritual part of this. It's not only people talking about what they think is right, and it's not about just everybody deciding for themselves what's right, but there's something behind it. Because the, the following the ways of the world, it's of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who works in those who are disobedient. So without Jesus, you have no compass. Anything goes. You know, it's, uh, if it feels good, do it. 
You know, the, and what's behind this? It's, it's not only what we're hearing from media, what we're hearing from information, what we're seeing in our politicians and leaders and what we're witnessing and seeing that's trying to define who we are, but there's also a spiritual aspect. There is a devil. There is demons. And they, they are feeding people information and lifestyle that's leading them into darkness and destruction. That's the truth of it. And he says, and, and they're actively, it's actively working. All of us who lived among them, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following desires of our thoughts. Like the, like the rest, we were by nature deserving wrath. And I have to say, you know, if you've been born again this morning, if you, 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 if you have enough perspective of where you were and who you are, You'll, 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 you'll agree what Paul was saying here, that, that it's, uh, he's saying all of us, and, and he's really talking to Christians. Know, have a defining line, know where you were and know where you are. And it's, a, and it, and it's a, like, it's like um, that journey took us to place as the Holy Spirit leads to, to come to the realization in our life that we deserve God's wrath. And then, you know, for me, it was a, a very emotional time because I was just living in a world, living for myself, doing what I wanted, doing what satisfied me. And, and even though you, all parents, I was a pretty nice guy. But, but totally deceived. When I came to that place, when a guy wrote me a letter, and I came to realize that I deserve the wrath of God. And it melted me because as we go on in Ephesians, it takes us to a new place. Not under his wrath, but under his grace. And, and, and that, that can happen in a moment. It can happen in a moment and last a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so there we are. There we are. And, and Paul is very, very interestingly saying, that's all our story. That's all, that's our, all our story. All of us. It's all our story. And, and then he goes on in verse 4. But, I don't you love the buts in Scripture? When it says, here's the, here's the deal. Here's your condition. Here's your condition. Just violating God's laws. Violating his plan for your life. And all of a sudden you wake up. You wake up and you come to that moment where you gave your life to Jesus. That's the but. But because of his great love. You know, I, I guess, you know, 
Jesus one time said, you know, who's forgiven much loves much. You know, it takes great love to take people out of the pit and bring them into a new life. It's, uh, it's his, oh man, we can go, I'm not going to go there, but his love is so deep, so amazing, so, so true that when he sent Jesus, it was a demonstration to all mankind of God's great love. For his rich mercy. And I guess, and I guess as, as believers, as we go through life, have we learned, we learn along the journey. I mean, we came to a place where we know he loved us and we received his love in our life. Then all of a sudden, we might trip up along the way. Then we'll learn about mercy. Then we'll learn about mercy. Because the God of great love that loved us, forgave us, gave his life for us, also in our journey, when we don't do things exactly right, have that become an opportunity to learn of his mercy. Mercies, and he made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressors. It is by grace we have been saved. And, and, and that's, that's really coming at a place of experience his love and forgiveness and kindness over our life. Uh, you know, the reality of, of our life sometimes is we'll wake up in the morning and we might make a statement, God, I don't deserve it. God, I, I, you know, I shouldn't have done this, I shouldn't have done that, but where am I? And, and he's coming back to us and saying, son, daughter, I love you. Get, get your shoes on, get dressed, and live life to the fullest. It's, um, <clears throat> and then he goes on that says, and God raised us up. God raised us up with Christ Jesus and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And I have to say, for all of us, where are we sitting? And do, you, do we actually know where we're sitting? You know, just, and I really, as a prophetic act, just as I call up Juan this morning to do that, that's, a, that's an acknowledge of, are you just sitting there or do you know you're standing with him. Not that I'm God, but you know, understand that we're, that, we're, that we're seated with him in heavenly places in order that in the coming age he might show his incomparable riches of his grace. You know, the coming of the age you know, and that, that can be when, when we enter into a whole new realm. Think about it. Your Heavenly Father thinks of you as a demonstration of his incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. 
you know, I, I think some of us are really going to be melted emotionally when we see him and we're standing with him and all that he has for you and me. And, and then I can imagine sitting in that place in the coming age and saying, and, and him totally revealing to my mind, when, when, Byron, when you thought everything was all messed up, I was there. You were never alone. You were never abandoned. You are never not loved. Byron, all of us, I was there on your journey. I was there. And, and this is going to be a, in this coming age and, and really experience his kindness for us. You know, that, that's going to be like a new awakening, a new awakening of, of who he is and, and, and the expression of his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is grace you have been saved through faith. And it's not of yourself. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. And you know what? And when, when, we, when we can never allow ourselves to get focused on our inadequacies, because he's for us and not against us. He's with us. And, and, and somehow in our thinking, we get to think, man, I got to get some brownie points. I, I, man, if I can get this right, if I can do this better, if I can be a better person, if I can show up more often when people need me to show up and, and not miss the opportunities, Oh, then God, again, you're going to love me, man. You're going to love me, man. And he's saying, no, I love you, period. I love you, period. And, and this, this moment of time when we realize we deserved his wrath and gave our life to Jesus, at that moment of time when we by faith said, Lord, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I, 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 I repent. I'm, I, I so... I'm so incapable of being good enough to hold up your standard for my life. And we come in humbly and say, Lord, come into my life. And you know what? Actually, there at that point, we're receiving a gift. Never reject that gift. Amen. Yeah, amen, Peter. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's a righteousness is a gift, not something that you do. Because all of us, we learn already, we all fall short. But you know, this is a place to come together and be people that can support and love one another, even with our good stuff and our bad stuff. This is, this is God's house. This is where we flourish to learn more deeply about the gift of God that was given to us when Jesus came on the planet Earth. Then he goes on to defining for us in verse 14, for he himself 
Get this. For he himself is our peace. When, 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 we, when we start depending on our own efforts, uh, we, we can get that place where we feel worried, concerned, frustrated. Uh, when he's saying, come back to me. Jesus is your peace. Jesus is your peace. When, when you can't figure out how it's going to work out, Jesus is your peace. Oh God, if only things would change. No. Oh God, you're my peace. You're my peace. Who has made us the two groups one and and has destroyed the barrier and the dividing wall of hostility and I don't want to get into that too much but these last sections of chapter 2 really talks about Israel the Jewish people having that connection and the, and the Almighty God was calling out the whole world to have that connection and that peace that passes understanding. So he goes on to say in verse 17, he came and preached peace to you that you were far away and peace to those who were near. That's, a, that's amazing. You know, I, I, you know, I thought about that. You know, it's uh, preaching peace. Preaching peace. It's needed. It's needed. Because God's Holy Spirit wants to demolish in our lives things that take away our peace. You know, it's, it's like, saying, like saying, oh, God, if you would change this, I'd have peace. God is saying, I have peace, and then things will change. <laughs> you follow that? It's, 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 living, it's living in that in that relationship with Jesus where like Paul one time says, I've learned, I've learned in my journey to be content in every circumstance. Have we? Have we learned to be content whether it's plenty or not enough? That's about preaching peace. That, that's about declaring over our lives in Jesus' name what he says even though it hasn't happened yet. That's entering into his peace. That's entering his peace. That's, that's, that's getting that place and saying, God, I don't have the answer for what I see coming on me tomorrow, but I declare your peace over my life. Because I, I know something. I know something that you have my tomorrows already worked out. You and my tomorrows are, I don't have to spend any time fretting over tomorrow because you already have it taken care of. You're the God of my peace. You're the God of my peace. And 
whether I see it now or later, is okay. And we, June and I were talking about this morning. We had a good time this morning. That was good, huh? That was good. And we were, and we were talking about, you know what? It's, uh, peace is about declaring what we have in Jesus. Our problem is, our problem is, my problem, is the waiting period. Wait, the waiting period. When it doesn't, when it doesn't seem like anything's happening. Yet, God, you're my provider, you're my help, you're my healer, you're my everything, and I choose to allow my life to be in, in totally enwrapped in the peace of God that's beyond understanding. Because He's saying here, preach peace. Preach peace. And, of course, core to that is when you and I gave our life to Jesus, we were connected with peace with God, which we never could have by our own effort. We were brought into that place. And verse 22, And in him you two are being built together to become the dwelling in which God's lives, God lives by his spirit. Uh, keep Jesus at home in your life. Keep him there. Keep him there. Keep, keep him actively working. Let faith have its perfect work in your life. After all, faith is the evidence of things not seen. That's the whole, whole what we're talking about, this peace. It's, it's, it's taking that and saying, Lord, I believe that you have my tomorrows taken care of, and I refuse to spend a moment of worry about it. I refuse. And it, it may not happen tomorrow, but I will keep praising you, I will keep thanking you, I will keep loving you, and I will keep believing you. Now, in closing, let's define our relationship together with Jesus. And let the Holy Spirit take you and I to a higher level. This is all, you know, we're dead in our trespasses and sins, we woke up, we deserve his wrath, we got saved from his wrath, we gave our life, we, we became a new person. The mind of Christ is hopefully actively working in our mind and life. Faith is growing. Trust is going. He says he'll never disappoint us. He's, all these things are all happening in our life and it's all, it's all this growing time and, and, uh, and it's all amazing. But then in uh, <clears throat> Ephesians 3, we're going to take a little glimpse on that. I think Todd has that next week to, to amplify on this. But we might fly through this verse, and I want us to get a hold of how big this is. It's not a little thing. Ephesians 3.20. And it's kind of paraphrased for us to get the idea of what's behind that verse. Now to him who is able to do. That's where we all start. 
now that, hey, I'm approaching this throne, you're able to do. You know what? I'm glad it doesn't stop there and we don't have to just sit there and say, God, you can do this. Because he goes on in that verse where we're seeing, now to him who is able to do what we ask. Remember? You ask not, you have not. Now, wow. Now I have this relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit actively working in me. And he says, when I approach him, yeah, you're able to do it. You're able to do it. Now he's able to do what I ask. That's, that's talking to him and believing that he can do what you ask. But you know, it doesn't end there. It doesn't end there. Now to him who is able to do what we ask and what we think. Hey, that's do, now ask. Now he's saying, hey, you're the God that is amazing, will do what I'm asking and what I'm thinking. Hey, guys, guard your thoughts. That's what this is saying. Guard. Hey, I can go to God and ask him for something, but what's going on in the old cranial here? What's your mind thinking? Is your mind thinking no, or your mind thinking yes and amen? Because he's able, he's able to do what you ask and what you think. That's not over yet. It's not over yet. Now to him who is able to do all that we ask or think. That's incredible. That's all. That means nothing's out of the, out of the range here. He's able to do all that I ask or think. What are we asking? What are we thinking? Because he says he's an all-encompassing God. He can take care of all of what we're asking and thinking. Doesn't end there. Now to him who is able to abundantly do abundantly all that we ask or think. Now that's getting kind of wild there. You know, here, oh, you know, he he can do, we can ask, ask or think, and we can do all that we we're asking, thinking, and then he adds on to it, hey guy, hey guys, I can do abundantly more than what you're even asking and thinking. That's our God. That's our God. But you know, it doesn't end there either. It doesn't end there either. Now to him who is able to do abundantly above all that you can ask or think. If you weren't convinced already, now you got the place, hey, you can do abundantly above, even abundantly, but abundantly above what I can ask or think. That's our God. That's our God. Then he goes on, to, he doesn't end it there. He doesn't end it there. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think. Do you know that God? Is he reality in your life? When job changes happen, right? When things happen in our life and and we think there's no provision, health issues come, 
you do you and I serve the God that can do, can do what we ask, to do what we ask and think, to do all that we ask or think, to abundantly do all that we ask or think, to do abundantly uh, above all we can ask or think, and to top it off, do we have a God that can do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask or think? You know what? That's a faith issue. That's what we're all confronted of to come to that place and build up who he is in our life. That, that's relating, getting to that place where, where our identity is not wrapped up in who we are and what we can do. Our identity is wrapped up in who he is and what he can do. No obstacle too big. No obstacle too big. You know what? <clears throat> what I want to encourage us as we close this service, make your God bigger. Make your God bigger. Don't, don't reduce him to little things. Have the Holy Spirit raise up a higher expectation in your life. Believe that he can do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can ask or think. That's our, that's our challenge. That's our challenge and, and that's the faith walk with him. That's, that's our journey with him. That he, he, he's that God. He's that kind of God. And, 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 and it's, he's amazing. He's amazing. You know, it's, uh, I want to let you know, I'm on that journey with you. You know, it's, it's not like I've gotten there yet, but I'm learning. I'm learning. And, you know, it's very important in kingdom, in kingdom for us to always remain learners. When you think you arrive, you hit a plateau and you don't want to stay there because you want to keep rising higher. Keep your heart saying, Lord, I want to learn from you. I want to learn who you are. I want to learn how amazing how you are. And Lord, when life's challenges face me, in extremely difficult, in fact, what I would view impossible, that you're there, you're the God that will do exceedingly abundantly above whatever I can ask. And I want to watch my mind and what I'm thinking. Amen? Is that enough? Is that good for you all? Is that good? That's good. I'll that smile on your face. Yeah. And uh, fine and dusty, will you close us up in worship? And um, This is Pastor Todd. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I pray the Lord uses today's message by Pastor Byron to strengthen your walk with God. If you were blessed by this message and would like to support the ministry of The Gathering Place financially, 
I encourage you to use our online giving portal at tgpchicago.org. Our portal uses PayPal's secure site so none of your information is compromised. Once again, thank you for tuning in to the Gathering Place podcast. God bless you and have a great week.